Dice and Mallet, Joy Hammer Unboxed. Today we're going to be talking about Gloomhaven. Greetings to all the board game enthusiasts and curious minds out there. Rock here from Joy Hammer Games coming to you from East Texas. Today we're going to be journeying into the world of Gloomhaven, a game that sparked conversations, debates, and maybe even a few friendly arguments among us enthusiasts. And why is that? Well, Gloomhaven isn't just a game. It's an experience that demands your attention, especially if you're someone who appreciates strategy and narrative as much as I do. But before we get into the game itself, let's pause for a moment and talk about Isaac Childress, the mad genius behind Gloomhaven. This guy went from researching high-energy particles to creating an intricate fantasy board game world. If you've ever wondered about taking an unexpected career turn, Isaac's story might just inspire you. He's living proof that a winding road can lead to extraordinary places. I know everyone talks about this, but it has to be said. What I find intriguing about Gloomhaven is that it doesn't use dice to decide your action. Instead, you've got these card-based choices. So each player has a deck of cards specific to their mercenary, and the monsters behave according to the card mechanics. The absence of dice in Gloomhaven fundamentally shifts the balance between luck and strategy, which is a topic that's often overlooked but crucial to the essence of board gaming, which is, like I said, the balance between luck and strategy. How much of each do you really need to craft a satisfying experience? A game overly reliant on luck can feel shallow, like you're just rolling dice and hoping for the best. The sense of agency diminishes. I think Monopoly is about as much fun as calling heads or tails on a quarter over and over. There has to be room for thoughtful decisions and the type of skill development that keeps you coming back for more. On the other end of the spectrum, a game that emphasizes strategy to the exclusion of all else can also be problematic. If the outcome is solely determined by who has the sharpest wits, or in the case of chess sometimes, who has studied the game the longest, it can be discouraging for newcomers or casual players. Moreover, these hyper-strategic games can sometimes feel like doing mental gymnastics, losing that element of spontaneity and the joy that comes from an unexpected turn of events. So where's the sweet spot? In my experience, the most enduring games find a way to meld both elements together. Take a game like Ticket to Ride, a contemporary classic that perfectly straddles the line between luck and strategy. You have to strategize when it comes to claiming roots and blocking opponents, but the cards you draw add an element of unpredictability. You could be gunning for a particular route only to find the exact color card you need remains elusive, forcing you to pivot your approach. This makes for an interesting dynamic where seasoned players and newcomers alike have a fair shot at victory. Game design aside, Gloomhaven manages to avert this shortcoming. The card-based mechanics do an excellent job of heightening the strategic component, making every decision feel critical to your team's success. But elements of unpredictability like the random draw of monster cards or events can turn the tide, adding layers of depth and replayability. As I see it, the golden mean lies in crafting a game that appeals to the strategist and the gambler in each of us. It's about creating an ecosystem where a newcomer can triumph through a series of fortunate events, but where seasoned players can consistently tip the scales in their favor through skillful play. That leads me to another point, something that grabbed my attention. Gloomhaven isn't your typical play-and-forget experience. Decisions in Gloomhaven have lasting impacts. Think ripple effects that alter your in-game universe. The missions you take, the alliances you form, and the city's well-being are all subject to your choices. The base game starts you off with six mercenaries. But as you progress, new characters unlock, offering more layers of strategy and novelty. For those who enjoy campaigns and evolving gameplay, this is a big win. I recently had a conversation with a friend who complained about the cumbersome setup process of Gloomhaven. Some people would argue that this is the elephant in the room, but I disagree. More on that in a minute. This game is not easy to start. I'm not even going to try and convince you otherwise. There's a comprehensive setup process and a rulebook that rivals a novella in length. However, Given the depth and long-term play that Gloomhaven offers, I'd say the initial time investment is well justified. I think people look at the miniatures and feel the game looks daunting, and in some ways they would be right. The game does come with 18 miniatures for the playable classes, and cardboard standees for the enemies. 
If you're into 3D printing or customizing your games, you can go the extra mile for added immersion and replace the standees. And I say, why not? You've already invested this much time, and it would certainly add to the experience in my opinion. Now, back to that elephant I was talking about. Something that's been bothering not just me, but a lot of players. Turn length in Gloomhaven. While I love the intricate strategies this game offers, it's impossible to ignore the fact that some turns can stretch out to agonizing lengths, sometimes hitting the 20-minute mark. Even a 5-minute turn can test one's patience, particularly if you're playing with a group of 4. And this isn't exclusive to Gloomhaven. I've experienced this in other games, like Raiders of the North Sea, where players' choices are so contingent on the preceding turn that you can't meaningfully plan your actions until it's your turn. This disengages players and makes them prone to distractions like doom-scrolling on their phones. In the world of game design, especially when you're crafting an experience that's meant to captivate players for hours on end, player engagement is king. It's a designer's responsibility to ensure that all players are engaged and invested in the game at all times. You don't want any player to feel like their time at the table is wasted, or that the game isn't respecting their investment. So what can be done to address this issue in board game design? A possible solution might be implementing mechanics that allow for quicker decision making, or that involve players during others' turns. Mechanics like interrupts or reactions could keep everyone on their toes, fostering a more dynamic and inclusive environment. But of course, any changes like these would have to be carefully balanced so as not to disrupt the game's core mechanics and strategic depth. With all this considered, the digital version of Gloomhaven becomes quite the temptation to some. This problem aside, the game is rich, rewarding, and deeply strategic. But as we revel in its complexities, we must also acknowledge the importance of player engagement and the challenges that long-term links pose to that end. Designers like myself have a duty to learn from this, striving to create games that captivate, not just through deep strategy or unpredictable outcomes, but also through constant engagement. One might want to consider a solo game of Gloomhaven, a feature that really makes Gloomhaven distinct. Not all board games come with this feature, and granted not all should. Board games are inherently a social experience, designed to bring people together. But life happens, and there are times when gathering a group isn't feasible. In such cases, it's nice to have a game that still delivers an enriching experience when you're playing alone. Gloomhaven succeeds here by offering scenarios that scale according to the number of players. When you're going it alone, the game transforms into a strategic puzzle. The scenarios feel like a labyrinth of choices where you are the maze runner. And this isn't just killing time. Solo play helps one hone their skills, internalize the rules, and become a better player for when you do team up with others. So back to the digital thing. Why not just play Gloomhaven digitally if I'm going solo? Well, this is where my personal preference leans heavily towards the tangible, physical experience of board gaming. In the age of screens, there's something incredibly grounding about feeling the weight of a game piece or shuffling a deck of cards. Don't get me wrong, digital games have their place and can be fantastic experiences. However, when it comes to board games, the physicality contributes significantly to the overall enjoyment. The tactile sensation, the texture of the cards, the heft of the miniatures, the clatter of tokens, they all add a layer of immersion that pixels on a screen simply can't match. Moreover, the ritualistic elements. The setting up of the board, the organizing of the pieces, the flicking through rule books. These actions have a zen-like quality. They become part of the experience. I'd argue that these tangible elements enrich the game's complexities rather than detract from them. In a digital setting, elements like turn lengths can indeed be shortened, and the cumbersome setup can be bypassed with a click. But in doing so, you lose the essence, the palpable, visceral experience of board gaming. When you bypass the ritual, you're missing out on part of what makes the medium special. Board games are more than just a series of calculated moves. They're a multi-sensory experience, a blend of sight, touch, and sometimes even smell. The aroma of a freshly opened board game is a pleasure many of us can relate to. To choose digital over physical is to rob oneself of these sensations that enrich our understanding and love for the game. That brings me to my final point today, a sentiment I've heard echoed among gamers. 
Why not just digitize everything? If it can make things simpler and quicker, why not? I'll tell you why. There's a reason we still crave the weight of a hardcover book in our hands. The sound of vinyl records or the smell of a vintage leather jacket. It's the same reason we'd rather sit around the table with friends and family, rolling dice and moving pieces on a board, rather than clicking a mouse or tapping on a screen. Sure, digital has its conveniences, but it's not an equal substitution for the authentic experience. It's more than just nostalgia. It's a yearning for something genuine. Why play a game like Gloomhaven or any other in digital format when you can feel the cards, see the expressions on your friends' faces when they make a game-changing move, or experience the tactile pleasure of setting up intricate game boards? Why play Breath of the Wild as a tabletop game when it's so well-suited to its own medium? Each form of gaming has its own unique language of engagement, its own set of rules and unspoken understandings that we all, as players, come to cherish. In board games, the tactile elements are a huge part of the equation. They're not just games. They're physical artifacts. Each component, from the humble six-sided die to the most elaborate miniature, has been meticulously crafted to serve not just a function, but also to enhance the aesthetic and sensory enjoyment of the game. That's why I have such a deep respect for this medium. It's not just about thinking, it's about feeling. It's about being present in the game and with the people around you. And so the next time someone asks you why not just play the digital version, you might want to remind them. Digital can mimic the rules, but it can't replicate the experience. There's an inherent value in the physical world. One we could all stand to appreciate a bit more. Share your thoughts, your stories, and your experiences. Until next time, play passionately, buy wisely, and keep your dice on the table. In service to the rebellion, rock. You've been listening to Dice and Mallet, Joy Hammer Games Unboxed, episode 002. This episode was recorded on October 4th.